Hey friends, Dean here with some exciting news to share. You can now buy us a coffee. That's right. You can help support independent content creators like us by becoming a member of the 3324 Green Room at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324. Our episodes will always be free and that will not change, but your support at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 will help us continue to bring you the best in music and movie podcasting, in our humble opinion. As a Green Room supporter, you'll not only have our undying gratitude, but you'll also be able to vote on which episodes we record and receive other perks for as low as $3 per month. That's the price of a cup of coffee. There's absolutely no obligation and nothing about the show will change. It's not going behind a paywall. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 for all the details. The link will be in the show notes of every episode as well. We'll see you in the green room. We're going back to 1991 once again to talk about the other grunge album that came out that year. Pearl Jam's most excellent debut album, 10. Stay with us. Get ready for the 3324 Podcast, where lifelong friends Dean Legiro and Eric Cooper share their love of all things music and movies. Dean has directed short films and is a music trivia buff. And Eric, trained in audio engineering, brings his extensive knowledge of music and film to the conversation as they discuss, debate, and celebrate their favorite albums, films, and much more. Welcome, friends, to the 3324 Podcast. First episode of 2023, Eric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. Yes. Close. As we enter enter the third calendar year of our podcast, although the anniversary <laughs> is still a month, about two, a month and a half away, two months away. Yeah, but that's crazy, though. But we're, we're, we're coming up on it pretty quick. If, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, do me a favor. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Uh, also, like the video. Leave a comment, too, if you want to tell us what your favorite Pearl Jam album is or what songs you like off of this album, 10. Let us know, by all means. Uh, what has they, as the young ones say, smash that subscribe button, go ahead and smash it, uh, and leave us a like if you would. So, um, we've got some guests here today in the um, house, but I, I think what we're going to do since it's the first episode of the new year, we're not even going to make, we're not even going to talk to them. We're going to make like, they're going to, we're going to have them on the show, but it's, we're just going to, they're going to sit and wait for us to say something and we'll never, ever include them in the conversation. How's that sound? Fair enough. We'll just talk about. No, you do not talk, sir. You weren't. I was speaking to Eric. It's coming up with some pretty (laughs) radical ideas in this. uh, In this, our what is it? Our third. They say the third year is the charm, though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we're closing in on year number two, and that 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 my friends was uh, Mr. Jerry Sullivan Mm. making his triumphant return. We haven't had you on in a while, Jerry. How are you? Yeah, I can speak. You've, you can you, speak. You have yes. spoken Thank to, you. so you may release the words. <laughs> Very happy to be here. Welcome. I, I get that. Thank, Thank you. Well, I welcome as well. Yeah. Wait, you're welcoming us to our show? Well, I welcome you to my little corner that I got live it. in. And it is a hovel. Yes. <laughs> that that you, you look like Andy Dufresne after he played the, uh, played the <laughs> opera record. Another month. Just waiting. Another Solid, month. Solitary. I didn't know what those Italian people were saying, but it sounded <laughs> but, good. Hey, Jerry, you just you got to have hope, Jerry. Yes. You'll, you'll get out of there one day. <laughs> uh, also joining us for her first episode of the, of the new year, Ms. Christy Cuomo. Owner of the Hubble, Jerry. There you go. I thought <laughs> you'd say owner of a lonely heart. I yeah. thought we were going with yes here. Oh, oh, owner of the prison? 
Jerry's my Andy. Hello. Jake. Your ass belongs to me. We're, we're fresh off our Shawshank episode. Yes. So we kind of all this stuff is kind yes. of. Yes. Jerry's doing it, my. There's a little, there's always a little bleed over from the previous episode. I've, I've been noticing Eric that we'll kind yeah. of be, we'll do something. And then the, the last episode kind of still kind of, ble- there's like echoes of that one. That yeah, will kind still, of lead into the fresh in your head. Right. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. It was a good one too. Yeah, it was fun. Add. It was fun. Yeah. A lot of conversation. A lot of yep. fun. So what we're doing today is, yeah, we're, we're going back to 1991, um, and we're going to be talking about Pearl Jam's debut album, 10. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in 91. One of our earliest episodes was about uh, Nirvana mm. yeah. and, and Nevermind, and that's kind of, you know, the cornerstone of grunge or whatever. I, th- I think there's a, a, a conver- you know, I think Nirvana can't help but be a part of this conversation. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that. And, and some of the other, you know, we'll talk about the other, uh, there's basically two or three other grunge bands that kind of make the nucleus up, mm-hmm. nucle- make up the nucleus of the movement in 91 and 92. So, so we'll probably incorporate them as well. But let's get to the stats like we always do. So this was released in August of 1991, produced by Rick Parashar and Pearl Jam. Rick Parashar, if you go look him up on Wikipedia, he has produced a lot of the grunge bands. He produced Alice in Chains, and uh, I think he worked with Soundgarden, and so and uh, Temple of the, of the Dog, I believe, as well. So he was kind of a, a, a shoe in for Pearl Jam to want to work with him mm-hmm. uh, because he was experienced and he was uh, kind of worked in, in that genre already, even though it was still an emerging genre. There were four singles released from this album. Only one made the Billboard charts. There was, you know, there's all these other charts, the alternative, modern chart, this, that, and the other thing. But the the four singles, first single was Alive, uh, did not chart on the Billboard, you know, Hot 100. Even Flow, even did not chart either. Uh, Jeremy hit number 79. And that's the closest they would come. And then Oceans would be the final single, which again, not charting on the popular uh, Hot 100 charts. Reached number two on Billboard album mm-hmm. charts. So, but despite that, despite not really having something that was radio friendly, uh, and, and we'll even talk about how Pearl Jam was not MTV friendly by their own choice, um, that this hit number two and it went 13 times platinum over 13 million copies. sold. this is a banger. Mm-hmm. This is a yeah. monster it is a monster album for, for, for them. This, and this is Pearl Jam still their best selling album of all mm-hmm. time. So as before we get into the round robin of where we first encountered this, let's just go through the uh, the 1991 lineup of of Pearl Jam at the time, and it was uh, Ed Vedder on vocals, Stone Gossard on guitar, Mike McCready on guitar, Jeff Ament on bass, and then Dave Cruzen uh, was on drums. And the first four gentlemen that I, I ran down are, are the the core band. Like that's never changed. They did have a little Spinal Tap thing going on where they couldn't really. You know, they went through a couple of drummers and then they finally settled in with Matt Cameron for, you know, he's and he's been with them for for decades now. But there was in the beginning after, you know, Dave Cruzen had some 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 alcohol issues and and he left and they kind of were getting some fill ins. And then finally, Matt Cameron. So let's start with Jerry. Uh, wake up, Jerry. You're right. I'm here. You're there. Good. I'm waiting. To, you know, I know in solitary, there's not many slivers of light. So I just wanted to make sure you're OK. <laughs> I'm good. Good. So what? It's all good. So what was was in 1991? Was this something that was on your radar, or was this something that you came to later in life? The 1991 was 
my senior year of high school start of, and then I graduated 92 and caught amazingly those that know me, I was a very happy go lucky young man. Now I'm very <laughs> curmudgeonly, but something angry and bitter. Yes. Aren't we which, all, <laughs> yeah. but something like, I love this album. This is one of the few albums I can listen to start to finish in order that they put it out mm-hmm. and love it. But I, you know, I guess it just came along. I, I was, we were discussing a little earlier, was more into heavy metal and stuff before. Hmm. The grunge, I got into Nirvana. Oddly, I never, even though I know they, you put them in grunge, I never saw them. I never saw Pearl Jam as grunge. Yeah. They looked grunge. Yeah, well, t- and we, yeah and we're going to definitely going to talk about that also. Yeah, um, their, their, their sound and, yeah, what they kind of put through their music always felt different but mm-hmm. at that point my you know being a what are you 17 18 this was like i couldn't get enough of this album yeah it's, it's, you know i would just listen to it constantly and it's still one i can put on start to finish in the order that they put it out mm-hmm. and and love it to death yeah cool so. christy 1991 um like jerry i was actually two years behind uh Jerry, so I, I was, I guess. So you uh, were just happy and not go lucky. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, <laughs> haven't found the lucky part yet. <laughs> no, I, I, I think at the age I was when this came out, and and I, I did like the album right away. Uh, I agree with Jerry. It, it, it fell into grunge, but it, it was more rock, but mm. not like hard. Like it wasn't like heavy metal. It was, it was like this in between world of alternative grunge and, rock. I guess alternative rock. But um, air quotes. Yes, but it was it was it was just one of these albums that came out and and I, we were talking Jerry and I were talking about this before where um, was there a whole in, other show that happened before we came on? Yeah, Jerry stayed away. It sounds like you and Jerry were doing a lot of talking about this before we started, and I was not. We Eric and I were not privy to any of the pre. Well, we didn't know there was a if there the was a game. Yeah, if there was a pre-show, did we record well, this or? or well, no, Jerry had just visiting in case hours. We weren't allowed to speak. We God. were already getting ready. Jerry had visiting hours in his prison, so I came. And we, uh, the kid we passed over. C plus yeah. average. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, slipping in, slip in the food, the slop, with the maggots in um, it. There you go. Um, anyway, but we digress. We digress. Uh, That's right. <laughs> you know, when these, when this music came out, I, I don't, was CDs even popular? I probably had the cassette. No. I don't yeah, think no, I, CDs yeah. were. CDs yeah. were around. Yeah, but I don't think they were popular. So it might have been the cassette I had first, where you didn't mind, the point is, you didn't mind listening to this album from, like Jerry said, beginning to end. Like, mm-hmm. there's not a bad song on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I was perfect age, perfect mood. Um, I had, I was in the angst. I wasn't happy go lucky. I mean, I was happy, but, you know, I, you were happy lucky, to be lucky. angry. Go lucky is when you become a senior, then you go lucky. Yeah, then I'll go lucky. So you were happy to be angry, right, Christy? Well, I wouldn't yeah. say angry, but you know, there's a <laughs> you know, I fancied myself, uh, and I still do like I wrote poetry, I wrote, I was a writer, I you know, so we, and and these, these, these are, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into it, but Eddie Vedder killing small you know, animals. I was, I was. <laughs> I was dominating. breeds creativity. <laughs> yes. There it is. Yeah. And murder. It's true, doing though, the, isn't it? Yeah. Doing the Dahmer. I was. <laughs> there you go. 
Um, no, but if you, the, Jeremy uh, was written after her, the lyrics, <laughs> the, and we we talked about this on the top five. Like I and uh, I or I, Kelly might have mentioned it on Jewel. I would open up and read the lyrics before mm-hmm. I'd even listen to the album. Yeah, and when you read these lyrics, what you can read because usually it's handwritten um, from Eddie Vedder. I, I mean, I was blown away by the lyrics even before I listened to the music. So. Yeah, and 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 in the case of uh, Mr. Vetter, reading the l- lyrics is required. <laughs> Can be difficult to understand, but that's part of the that's part of the his allure. Um, is is, is like his vocal his vocal uh, styling? So, Eric, Eric, what about you? From the jump, I yeah, yeah. Um, because you know I heard whatever it was uh, Jeremy on the radio, uh, even flow. But what struck me with about the album, you know, aside from those songs, because uh, I, I think I had it on cassette as well. And I think it's the only Pearl Jam album I ever owned. Uh, but I actually bought it on CD eventually after because after my tape worn out. But uh, what struck me about this album was how classic it felt. And how, uh, yeah, like you say, it wasn't really grunge. It wasn't Nirvana. It was like the, you know, the anti-Nirvana. It was It was different. I love the groove the grooves that they have on, on this record. The music re- struck me first before any lyric. Um, so uh, especially uh, <clears throat> the bass, that killer bass. And uh, it just, it, and it reminded me of Led Zeppelin. There's a lot of uh, Zeppelin. It's very Zeppelin-esque. And, yeah. and of course, finding Somebody- out that Eddie Vedder, of course, is a big fan of The Who. So that's all I needed to hear. There you um, go. And a big fan of Talking Heads, and you know a lot of my favorite bands as well. So I was like, okay, that's that's cool, you know. So, um, but yeah, I had it, and and yeah, I did, this was this was probably one of the only like I, I you know we talked about how a lot of this kind of stuff just kind of passed me by because I was you know looking to other things, but this was one of those uh, albums that I actually owned, and Stone yeah. Temple Pilots as well. Uh, yeah, the, 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 yeah, Kurt that uh, core. Which came out the fall? Came out ninety two. Yeah. Came out right yeah. on the heels of this. That's right. Um, yeah, I had this from the jump too, uh, on cassette as well. The CDs were out, but CDs were still expensive. Like CDs were like twenty bucks still at the yeah. time, and you can get yep. a cassette like on sale for like seven ninety nine. And so CDs there was still came that, in those it, long things. Came in the long box. Yeah. What's called the long box. And so there was yeah. still that that time of. Okay, do I you know uh, do I want to spend twenty bucks on something I don't know, or you know I'll, I'll get the Beatles stuff when it comes out because I know I want that. But you would you would kind of experiment with cassettes because it was still cheap enough. And I absolutely had the cassette of this. I had verses when it came out as well. Yeah, it, it just seemed to be one of those albums, you know. And I think we will will I guess we'll talk about it since every each one of you has brought it up mm-hmm. uh, uh, about the grunge thing, right? Like same thing. I heard Even Flow and I was enamored with with the song, you know, and. Uh, enamored with with the way that that Eddie kind of again is some somewhat hard to understand, but that's part. Of, then it becomes then it becomes musical, also, right? You're saying about the instrumentation and everything. If you, if you're having a hard time without reading the lyrics, picking up on what he's saying, then you have to get the vibe of what he's trying to say, right? And and the emotion of what he's trying to say without necessarily always understanding everything. It's absolutely, right? it's so, most, so most definitely, so, yeah. His his uh, the way he phrases the words and the way, the way he phrases the way he's all part he, of the rhythm, all part exactly. of the rhythm of the song. Yeah, and and he gets it across without yep. you not not necessarily knowing exactly everything that he's saying. So it was a very interesting kind of uh, you know uh, introduction to 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 a different way, a different type of music than you know. We yeah, have this hard rock. There's you know listening to the cult, but that's pretty clear. You can kind of understand what's going on. Yeah. This was something a little bit different now. 
yeah, 91 Nirvana comes out with, with Nevermind. Uh, it came out earlier in the year. It came out in January of 91. This comes out in August of 91. They're both from Seattle. You know, you've got another band called Soundgarden from the Seattle area mm-hmm. also. Um, Pearl Jam came out of the ashes of a group called Mother Love Bone, which was, again, from the Seattle area. Uh, that lead singer, Andy Wood, had had OD'd on heroin, and that's going to be a, a, a through line for this episode as well. Um, but Nirvana has, is something to, like, yeah, when I was when I was listening to I must have listened to this album like five or six times, you know, getting ready for this because I haven't listened to it in a while. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm thinking a lot about Nirvana. I'm like, these guys, you know, Jerry's right. Like, how how are we? How is this being lumped in with with that? You know, with Nirvana, is image. it just because it just because they're from Seattle and they dress the same? And they dress <laughs> the same, right? Yeah, well, the look you're right. You're right. It was it was the it was the cargos. It was the flannels. It was, it was the, the look. Same, you know, yeah. The cargo, the cargo shorts was a look with the boots, with the work boots. Uh, you know, Nirvana wore the flannels too, the sweaters, that that whole. But that was just a. That's also it was just a style. How of the people time. dress. It's how, yeah. it's how people dress. <laughs> but I mean, that's I, how I, you didn't, lump them in. Yeah, but didn't, Kurt, didn't Kurt Cobain himself like he 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 wasn't so welcoming in the beginning to Pearl Jam. No, he was lumped lumped in with them because he did not he, like Pearl he, Jam at all. Actually. Yeah, he didn't yeah. recognize them as as his his peers or his contemporaries. No. And and Soundgarden either. the same thing though. They dressed the same way. Soundgarden wore the flannels, you know, tied around. You know, Chris Cornell tied around tied around his waist. You know, like. So this was a, a very easy thing to kind of, okay, you're from Seattle, you dress a certain way, this is now a, a musical groundswell, you know, and, and so with Nirvana, like leading, quote unquote, leading the charge, yeah, we need to call this something just because of Nirvana's rawness, right? right? Which again, this this album is is raw in a different way. Nirvana is is raw in a, in a more screeching way, in like right. a more primal scream way. Mm-hmm. This is more raw in just uh, in. I think that the lyrical content on this, I think, is a little is is easier to kind of grab hold of. Whereas Nirvana is a little more esoteric, and you know, you're in the mind of Kurt Cobain. It, you know, being in the mind of Eddie Vedder is. It, it seems like it's something that everybody can kind of relate to a little bit more. His experiences. Mm-hmm. I, I would almost disagree with you and, and say Pearl Jam even in the way Eddie Vedder sings is more primal. Like when you were talking about him earlier, his, when you don't understand what he's saying, like in the way he sings, he pulls the mic in and it almost like he pulls his voice back. And it's like a, it's like a growl mm-hmm. that comes yeah. out of him with the words. So I would almost say that Pearl Jam is more pr- primal. And, and, and I think both of them have lyrics that are, you have to, you have to be willing to kind of, dive into them mm-hmm. neither one have lyrics that are really clean cut and it's not like a country album here but it, it, it seemed like pearl jam the lyric like to me nirvana as much as i love them a lot of their things seem very nonsensical at least from what i could see pearl Holly jam wants a cracker you yeah. <laughs> There you go. You could you, Pearl Jam. You could kind of tell he's trying to convey an emotion or a story, at least a little. You'd have to delve in to see. I mean, it's much easier now because you can just look everything up. But yeah. they felt like, even though the sound, I see, I know what you're saying with the primal like feel, mm-hmm. but the emotions from the lyrics were just different to me for yeah. Pearl Jam. Like, yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, it, no, well, yeah. well, from exactly. what I from what I gather too, it's like Eddie Vedder would write about anything. 
there's that story where he was locked out of the studio and he, in the rain and he wrote uh, Oceans, the lyrics to Oceans while he was you know locked out of the, he was banging on the door and they were, they were jamming, they couldn't hear him. So he had to wait till they were done uh, so that he could they could let him in because he was, you know, helping somebody out or whatever. But he jotted down the lyrics of to Oceans where I think Kurt Cobain was a little bit wearing stuff so much. It was much more personal and close to the chest. And it was very sort of like almost therapy for himself, like because he was so, you know, well, troubled. I think there's, and, well, you know, uh, well, I, think, I, I think there's I, something to be said, though, for how, you know, maybe because. The, the the story also goes is that after after the disintegration of Mother Love Bone, uh, you know, uh, Stone Gossard and, and Jeff Ament were kind of, you know, they're trying to get something together again. They wanted to get another another band going. So they gave they, you know, they gave the uh, a, a demo tape of just instrumental stuff out, right? And and the drummer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers at the time was friends with this guy, Ed Vedder. Down in in San in San Francisco or San Diego surfing, the guy's doing you know he had done some he'd been in a couple of bands but nothing big. But he gave him this stuff, gave him the cassette. Eddie goes out, goes surfing, comes back and and writes the lyrics to Alive. Yeah, kind of think goes out and, and surfs and and kind of just whatever contemplates and comes back and then just and and jotted down these you know the three songs that they gave him. They sent it back up and they're like, yeah, okay, yeah, you we we're we're gonna fly you up here. But he's you know, so he was able to get in touch with something somehow in, in, in a very intuitive and, and e- you know, I, I don't know if he thinks it's, it's easier, but it, it seems that he's able to, to access these things and, and put them into lyrics easier. He's, he, that's what he's known. He's I, I don't know if it was uh, McCready or Stone Gossard that said he never met anyone who wrote the way Eddie Vedder wrote. And he was yeah. astonished by it where he would they, he would just listen to the music and like you said, and write the lyrics. And he said, since then, he, you know, he's met people that can do it, maybe not quite as well as, as in his opinion, Eddie Vedder. Mm-hmm. But to what Eric was saying earlier, I, a lot of a lot of Vedder's songs are are, are deep rooted in, I don't want to say p- political, but like they're they're about drug addiction, they're about a, you know being pro choice, they're. Jeremy is it comes from two true you know right. true he, happenings like so so he's he's writing about things that are deeply affecting him mm-hmm. and and this is how he deals with it. I mean alive is about you know the the, the fucked up story of of uh, finding out about his dad and and yeah. and who we thought was his father I mean it's, it's just you know so so there is it, I think him and Cobain both did it they just did it very differently mm-hmm. well I, was, I I think what I was trying to get at was the fact that Cobain was very internal with his you know things were happening to him and he would write Mm-hmm. Almost from, a, from an internal point of view, whereas Vetter was, you know, he was out. Everything is kind of widespread. He's noticing. He's, you know, he's picking his head up and looking at the world and, and everything around him. And, yeah, and that I agree with. Yeah, writing about that and 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 both are troubling. Sure, you know, you're writing about troubling things, but Vetter had a knack of of just seeing something and just, you know, it's. It, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not an any Vetter expert by any means, but um, you know in terms of like songwriting and, and that kind of thing. But that's, that's, that's kind of what I gather from it. Cause he's very, you know, almost, you know, because he's into surfing and because he's into all these other things, 
Whereas Cobain would just kind of lock himself in a room and yeah, very isolated, very isolated. And that's yeah. the way he wanted it, you know, like just. And, very, and unfortunately, you know, that's look what happened. I mean, unfortunately, yeah, right. with, I, I want to throw I want to throw two more bands into the mix: Alice in Chains, yeah, and Stone Temple Pilots. And, and, those, those four those four bands are pretty much always kind of grouped together, and then Soundgarden on the periphery because Soundgarden was was always around in Seattle, but then they didn't get popular till like really popular until a little bit afterwards. But Alice in Chains, another Seattle band, right? With dark with dark lyrics, and that you know Lane Staley with the with the you know the he's got that voice too, that haunting yeah. low voice, you know, man in the box, and, and that kind of stuff. So. You 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 know if you're looking at it from that st- standpoint, well, Lane Staley and Eddie Vedder kind of have a same similar vocal styling, you know. And then you throw Scott Weiland in there with with his vocal stylings, and they used to say that he was ripping off Eddie Vedder, mm-hmm. like they were saying you're just a poor man's <clears throat> poor man's Eddie Vedder. Now all of a sudden you've got grunge, right? Because you've got you've got four bands where their the aesthetic is similar, mm-hmm. you know, from fashion sense to vocal stylings but pearl jam is still decidedly not like not as dark as alice in chains <laughs> you yeah, know in dark in a different way it you know I, I would on the spectrum i would put pearl jam as as moodier than darker right like like pearl jam talks about moods and emotions you know nirvana and alice in chains is like dark is about darker themes is that a fair assessment jerry is that kind of Hit, hit close to it. And, and then like, I would say like Pearl Jam and, and Stone Temple Pilots on one side and Nirvana and, and Alice in Chains on another side. I mean, look, I mean, I'm not as familiar with Alice in Chains mm-hmm. and Stone Temple Pilots, but from what I do know that that's actually how, how I would see it because that's how it always kind of came to me. You know, going back to the other points of like Kurt Cobain was like, struggling much more within himself which makes it much darker mm-hmm. because he was even struggling with you know being popular and all that and all that stuff whereas you can see it now eddie vetter and pearl jam almost became like activists they were trying to get a message out they were trying to tell and it's you can see it much like you could see having lasted this long how they've changed so much because you know the one i think it's um the video where he's we were talking about it in our in our pre pre gaming Christie <laughs> when he's hanging you know climbing through the rafters of the yeah. concert and oh, stuff uh, he used to be a maniac por- I think during porch you would never that, see yeah. that now yeah he's much calmer he's, he's older even some of his he, <laughs> he would, you know, would shatter like the T one thousand he's like you know, is he like sixty his, <laughs> his he would even say like he had said alive is now a different song to him mm-hmm. yeah because of how how you know his whole the, the, his whole journey has has gone through but Kurt Cobain you know in Nirvana never got that chance because it would you know they were it was just too dark for him yeah and Nirvana had and, to and, and you know in just talking about Nirvana just to close the book on them you know on their second album in utero there it wasn't a leap it wasn't leaps and bounds like in in uh evolution <laughs> Mm-hmm. But if you look at the second Stone Temple Pilots album, Purple, it was a, a they started veering to, like they started cementing. Okay, we're more of a rock band, you know. And yeah. Pearl Jam started kind of doing the same thing too. Like in their on their second albums, these you know Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots started staking out a, a, a territory that was that was different from what 
Pearl, from what Nirvana was still doing and, and Alice in Chains to a lesser degree, you know, so, so you really start to see those, those, those roads really start to fork with the second and subsequent albums. Well, <laughs> one thing, because it, it does fit in the, you, you have to recognize the difference between Pearl Jam and then we're looking at Nirvana and we're looking at Stone Temple Pilots and Alice in Chains and, and, and Soundgarden. And there, there's a lot of similarities, but you have to recognize Pearl Jam not only for that they were more rock or alternative rock, whatever we're calling them, than they were grunge. Also, they, they stayed together as a band and they're all alive and they're still a band. And there's something to be said for that in, in so many regards of the music and kind of like what you were saying before, uh, I think it was Eric, where maybe, you know, the way Vetter got his emotions out in, mm-hmm. in, in, in a way to be a, a cleanse for him and the band worked, worked to their advantage as, as, as opposed to where Kurt Cobain was so, he was it, was, it was so internalized that he couldn't be honest. It didn't seem to help. Yeah, it, it didn't help a, him. But you, you know, have, I mean, if Pearl anything, Jam, he had more contempt for the audience. At, at, well, he did. He did. He hated. He hated his fame. He hated being well, famous. Well, he that's my. Not, that's my. That, that, that's my question to all of you: Is do you think it's part of the criteria of a of a grunge band to be anti-fame? Because Pearl Jam's the same way. They, they you know. I don't know if it's, they, they don't want to be rock stars per se. They want to be, they, they're known as that, you know, Pearl Jam is not cool. Yeah. But they're, but that doesn't mean, doesn't mean that they're not Pearl great. That I, I, don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if they don't want to be famous. Let, let me run down something that I have written down and, and this will probably close some of this out. Right. We talked about Andy Wood. He was the original lead singer of mother love bone. Yeah. Uh, Odeed. Shannon Hoon lead singer of blind melon did not make it out of the nineties. Mm-hmm. Lane Staley. Alice in Chains barely made it out of the 90s. Scott Weiland did not. He made it out of the 90s, but passed away due to his, his addictions. Chris Cornell, another, you know, all the, it seems like all these, grun, all the, the, the grunge artists that we're talking, yeah. the groups that we're talking about, all of the lead singers passed away at, at some point or another, except for Pearl Jam. I'm not saying that Pearl Jam should be lionized for that. Um, but yeah, there is, there might be something to not that they, they didn't want to be famous, but weren't able to necessarily handle or be ready or prepared. Yeah. For, and, and I'm not saying they're all the same. I'm not saying all these, all these, these guys situations were the same, but you have to, you can't overlook that, that all these, these lead singers from the nineties and these pivotal bands that were coming up blind melon is, is one of them as well. Yeah. Um, all, all passed away. Good point. Yeah. You know, Pearl Jam just probably handled it differently. Also, coming from Andrew Woods' OD on heroin, and and Mother Love Bone breaking up, and Jeff Ament and, and Stone Gossard putting a band together. You know, let, let's not forget the the uh, the original drummer was left because of addiction. Now, was he asked to leave? Did he leave on his own merit? We we don't know. He was You're fired. Never really, yeah. Mm. So they probably they also might have had more of a no tolerance because you don't want to get that close. And then lose it. So mm-hmm. they they experienced this OD very early on. So they, they already ha- they already had their warning. Is what That's you're right. Saying. They learned. They, they learned. They had. Yeah. yeah. They they had yeah. their Andrew their Wood kind of- and 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 Eddie Vedder has said it before before playing. I think it's uh, deep. Um, he's he's where he is because of a heroin overdose. I mean, and that's Andrew Wood. Uh, he would not be where he is 
And so he, it probably was like a road they never wanted to go down. Mm. I mean, let me ask a dumb question, maybe sure. for me. Were they known for like being heavy for hedonism into- and for like the whole yeah. lifestyle? I don't think so. Like, they, were, they did drugs they and they drank, s- but I don't think they were known for like. Not like not like Stone Temple like, pilots or no, or, they or chains. Yeah, they, they were like, on stage like flamboyant parties or you know. Okay. Yeah. They yeah. were probably drinking and getting drunk a huge on stage, but in... right. Yeah, the other one. Everybody, you know, Scott Weiland. Every you know, everybody knew about his heroin addiction. Yeah. Like it was out there. You know, same thing with Lane Staley from from Alice in Chains. Everybody, you know, these were kind of high, known yeah. things about these people. Mm-hmm. That they I, were, I think you any, know function, functioning functioning addicts basically. I don't think yeah, Vetter never heard about. He, Vetter, I think, was just alcohol and maybe some weed. I don't think yeah, he ever did anything stronger than weed. You know, he's a surfer guy. He's for for as grungy as he is, the, the guy <laughs> loves surfing. He's like you know, he's he's two, two steps away from Keanu Reeves. I mean, ugh. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah like, Johnny Utah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's start talking about this album now. Because we haven't really, we haven't really yeah. talked about it. Like we kind of, we kind of circled <laughs> around it, and no, I think we needed to set the table. I think we kind of needed to kind of get some of this out of the way. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, to kind of, you again, you can't talk about any of these bands without talking about the other ones. It's just, it's part and parcel. You know, it's kind of they, they, I they, think are, it, they are integral. Even if they're not, even if we decide, yeah, that that Pearl Jam is not grunge, they are forever entwined with each other because of, well, of isn't it funny era. though that they, a, a lot of like this kind of thing is always grouped together right even back in the 60s all the british bands you just assume that they yeah. all knew each other that they were all like they all like to collaborate you hear all these stories about members of the beatles playing with members of the who and and the stones and and all, you know and it's weird to find out that a lot of these they didn't actually all get along all the time they you know they were actually rivals they were you know, so to hear those kinds of things come out years later, and now the same thing here with the, with the grunge thing too. It's like you find out there it is, and then the music's different too. Like it, there is, there are noticeable differences, and they don't all sound the same. But you just, you, it's just so easy to just pigeonhole all them to and group them together. Yeah. It's like well, that's grunge, you know. But there are, and again, it, especially they, since you know, everything came out of one city. That's right. Yeah, it didn't didn't make a difference. It, it there was enough other check check marks that were checked off that fit. That could say, okay, well, if you're from Seattle, you you must be grunge in one form or another, and, and, yeah. I think and like, that's, and that like coffee, what, what kind of, and like car, and, <laughs> and, and love Starbucks. You, you all wear flannels and drink coffee. <laughs> well, it has to be marketed somehow. I want to. I just want it to be known that I actually had a flannel shirt on for this, but it got oh, you way know, way flannel. too effing hot, so I I just I had to take it off. So. Yeah, it's it's like fifty degrees out in January right now. <laughs> ridiculous, so, uh, ridiculous. I have, a, yeah. I have a heater on down here for me. You, you, you gave it the old, the good old college try, though. That's right. You yeah, tried, but, yeah. But uh, yeah, got to no. look the part. But anyway, so I got my no, Grateful Dead T-shirt on. You should be wearing you should be wearing a well, Neil Young shirt. Is what you should be wearing. Yeah, yeah. Right? true that. Or who? The Godfather of who Christ. or Neil Young would have made more sense than Grateful uh, Dead. Uh, That's true. I don't have I don't have either. So sorry. You also don't have the grunge hair. No, certainly wow. not. Jesus wow. Christ. The guy was 15 minutes late. He's do something. I'll take it. I'll take it. That's all right. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Okay, so let, let's get it, let's get into 10 now because this is the out. You know, we've kind of circled around it. I think we all agree that it, it is not grunge, but it falls. It skirts the I mean, it's been it's been called. 
it's been thrown in into the group of not heavy metal like Ozzy, but in the hard rock. If you're talking about Led Zeppelin, you're talking yeah. about metal style music, a metal inspired music, right? And and it's there. You can hear it. It's there. Didn't we talk this, about that with Zeppelin just, too? Right? Yeah. yeah this doesn't yeah. sound like Journey. Right, they don't sell like yeah. rock, like that kind of rock and roll, right? They, <laughs> right? Meaning, meaning, if you're going to talk about influences, like and what, well, what is this, and how does it fit, and where, what, where, where can we place it closely? Yeah, yeah, you, you're going to go with the hard rock metal ish. If if it's not going to be grunge, right? It, it, yeah. it's, it's certainly not light rock. Like I said, it's not Journey, it's not Foreigner influenced or Boston or any of that or Genesis. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got its DNA in Who, and and Who was you know the Who were one of the four metal forerunners of metal of, punk. of punk, yeah, metal punk, uh, Zeppelin, alternative, yeah, Godfathers yeah. of heavy metal. So so I think that you know if 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 Eddie Vedder is saying this self admittedly, then the DNA is there that there's there there's some of those metal underpinnings. It doesn't mean that they're full on metal, but you you sprinkle some of that in. Who? Yeah. Who? Who? <laughs> the Who. The who. Who? Yes. What are you a fucking owl? <laughs> Who that? There's our curse. There it is. Yep. Well, that was uh, you know oh, that that could go on forever. By the way, I mean we should just, just <laughs> I used to do right there. I, used to, I did that to Eric on some of our early episodes. Well, actually, yeah. who episode? It was uh, uh, who? Yeah. at, at Nauseam. He was starting to get annoyed. He's like, all right, okay. stop. <laughs> we got, the joke is the joke was old ten minutes ago, and it wasn't funny then. <laughs> I'm just trying to get the Jeff Lynn bell uh, rung somehow. I'm just going to bring it to me. I, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure it. Jeff Lynn's responsible for something on 10. I, no, I he's know. not. He's maybe for listening to it or maybe for, for producing Tom Petty instead. Well, you just gave him his in, Christy, there right there. See, you just, <laughs> no. you just did it. Well, let's let, let's, let's get away. Let's get, let's get on this because um, <laughs> it's um, – you know, one of the things, you know, uh, Jerry said he likes to listen to this. He doesn't mind listening to this album in one shot or the way it was arranged. And I think that's an important thing for this album as well. Mm-hmm. Um, is is the way these tracks are arranged kind of, you know, there there is, it's it's kind of gives you some heaviness up front. Um, you know, actually by, actually by the third song, you're on mid tempo with a live. Right. But, yeah. but I think, I think the, the, the one, two punch of even flow and alive, I think is something that is, is, you know, again, it, I'm, I'm always a big pr- proponent of, tr- you know, how, how the tracks are arranged. And I think the, I think those two songs are, are like matched well together because, because, you know, once is kind of this, you know, the album opener and kind of like, okay, here's Pearl Jam. You know, even flow kind of settles, you know, you, you kind of settle in. It's like, okay, here's where the, the, the album like really begins. And then you get something like alive, which is just a total, a, a total flip side of, of what Pearl Jam could do. And you get mm-hmm. it in, in two sequential songs. Does that sound, Chrissy, does that sound like a fair assessment of, it, it, of the beginning does. of the album? Yeah, it does. And, and I'm sure that there was a reason they put the songs in the order they did. However, there's a there's a, a little mini opera here happening with, with yeah. three of these songs, which is and it, it starts with alive, and then it goes to once, and then yellow Ledbetter d- didn't actually make the the ten album, but it was um it was on the B side of I thought it was footsteps that was the third yeah I think it's footsteps, I mean, footsteps I'm sorry, the mama footsteps. son mama son trilogy in the mama son trilogy uh footsteps uh I apologize um was that's on the okay. B side that's, of- that's what I'm here for. Corrections. 
of Jer- of Jeremy. I'm, I'm 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 like the podcast whiteout. So so it's 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 odd <laughs> that it's odd that they open with. We'll just edit you out. With once, then went to even full and went to a live. But I'm sure there's a reason for it. Uh, what it is, I don't I don't I don't necessarily know. Um, I don't. Know yeah. Well, well, what Eddie Vedder wrote those three. That was the thing. Is is those were the three songs that Eddie Vedder that that were on the audition t- the instrumentals. Mm-hmm. It was it was alive once in footsteps. No, that yeah, was, I, yeah I, so he had written like like Christy was saying he had written something called a mama son mama. trilogy about this character because alive is is partially true but then the, the part about having sex with his mother is yeah. not, true. not true well uh, decidedly not true but then but then you know the other songs <laughs> deal with a, with a murder and then an execution so this was kind of written as a loose trilogy but not necessarily to be presented you know that was just kind of in his head oh here's you know this is a three song cycle doesn't mean yeah. we have to present it that way or, or that anybody needs to know that it was just kind of that's what came out of his initial writing session was these these three connected ideas which were really you know which is great because then you can kind of pick up on it and check it out if you like but um i think alive is just yeah it's just uh, uh, you really get to hear this is the first time you get to hear outside of hunger strike which which his debut eddie vetter's debut was sharing the lead vocal with Chris Cornell on a project called Temple of the Dog, which was a, a kind of a tribute to Andy Wood mm-hmm. of, uh, of uh, Mother Love Bone, right? So, so Eddie Vedder's technical, his not technically his debut vocal was on a song called Hunger Strike, and you got really got he really kind of made a splash. You really got to hear this guy who no one knew. It's kind of like you know Chris Cornell's got this soaring voice on on this, but Eddie Vedder matches him on the other end. He's, he goes, you know, he's more of a baritone, and he's kind of a brings in that lower tone mm-hmm. and in a, in alive you kind of get that you get that eddie vetter again you know you get that you know you, you get even flow where he's just rolling through the lyrics you can barely keep up with him uh so much so that adam, adam sandler did that parody as opera man you know <laughs> you know like, it's very easy pa- parody to say yeah, he, yeah, i mean yeah. he entered the public consciousness pretty quickly with that with with that so it was it was you know so getting something like like uh alive right after it really kind of but that's brings a test- the tempo down and, and gives you another look at pearl jam that's an absolute testament to the band itself though and and that's what they brought to the table was this 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 phrasing and the way he, you know, punched those, uh, those words out and, and, uh, and people make jokes about it, but that's, the, that's their stick. That's their sound. You know, that's, yeah. it's just so, so great. And a lot of probably I, my favorite I don't even know if you call it a stick. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, when you, when you watch any of the videos or you see him performing like back in the day, more so than today, there's so much passion. Yeah, there's so yeah. much. I don't like, mean to make light of it. It's just, I, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way he yeah. holds the microphone, the way he leans yeah, in, he's living it. Is his face he like seems it, almost it, uncomfortable? Yeah, like, like he almost he he's look, in pain. He looks away. He looks. It's a weird mm-hmm. dynamic of how he looks at the crowd, and then you see in the background, everyone else is just like going nuts, running around. Yeah, like he has crazy eyes when he's doing his. Yeah. Like, eyes are like especially in Jeremy. Like, yeah, when I watch that video. The, the other day and i was like this is kind of disturbing to be honest sometimes he yeah. almost recalls morrison i think too yeah. morrison used yeah. to do that with this sort of you know leading back and forth and really getting yeah. that yeah. mic up to yeah. his face and you know absolutely yeah, I think yeah. he's just in this world by himself when he's just i mean he's yeah. with the band but there's like something you know because you detach from the audience you yeah. know the audience is there but you're living what you're singing 
especially as a younger artist right because it was really yeah. you know you, you don't have 20 years in of shows where you can kind of you don't have yeah. to internalize it every time yeah and you went you know, from where, surfing where, you know when, when you're young you're playing every show you're, you're playing it like it's your last show like i said yeah. he's hanging from the rafters he's going across i mean Concert promoters must have been losing their shit every time because it's like if this guy falls, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> like if you, if you guys, if, you know the 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 um the documentary Pearl Jam twenty, it's a it's a great document of it's it's already t- over ten years old, but it's a great document of their of them up to that point, and it goes through all that stuff, all the craziness and all the stuff that they went through to get to where they are, um is there, and he was just a wild man, but yeah, like but when he was performing, when he was singing, fully invested. You know, uh, you know, and, and it's and like I said, you know, on the flip side, when you see footage of Nirvana, it's almost contempt for the audience, you know, and almost anger at the audience. And, you know, um, that that we're here, you know, and, and there that's that's a different vibe. Some people feed off that vibe and want that vitriol spit their way, mm-hmm. you know, with with Pearl Jam and with Eddie it was more of a it was more of that personal like like everybody was kind of getting drawn in because he was so so invested in it. Right, that you that, and it was genuine. It wasn't a it wasn't an act like like a poison or a motley crew where oh here's our serious song now I'm gonna and I'm gonna cry when I sing it. You know, it was kind <laughs> yeah, of a diff- yeah. you know it was, this yeah. was something different. You know, and and it was it was kind of leaving that showmanship of the '80s and the hair bands. It was kind of leaving that behind. Eric's mentioned it many times where grunge was kind of a reset of kind of getting back to rock and roll. And and when you listen to this, when you listen to a song like Alive. You know, it's got electric guitars, it's got acoustic guitars, it's, it's got arrangements to it, which again is also different from that grunge aesthetic where the grunge it's, stuff tends to be just kind of sharper and less produced very uh, punkish. And, and stripped and stripped down. Yeah. This was like full on five five person Aerosmith style, you know, where, where you've got a full yeah. band to kind of kind of fill out all these different parts. And and it, and when you listen and to his, the um, the new mix that that the the Brendan O'Brien mix that came out a couple of years ago, because all of them said we hate the way they all hated the way this album was mixed. They're like, we absolutely, if we can go back and do it over again, we could. And, and even Eddie Vedder said, I I'll listen to all my albums except for 10 because they just felt it had too much of the reverb and too much of that. Like there's a that some polish. Yeah. So if you, so, so Brendan yeah. O'Brien took a crack at it a few years ago and you go listen mm-hmm. and those are different. Those mix. It's not a, it's not a remaster. It's a remix. Mm-hmm. And it was remixed and, and it's got more, it's got more punch and it's definitely got more bite to it. Uh, and it sounds more of a full. It sounds more like a full-on rock album, just because of because there's so many uh, there's so many members of the band and so many different instruments that they're that the remix really kind of brings it to the forefront and gives you this full. It's like wow. Uh, and I would I would I would probably would would argue though also that it's probably because a lot of the songs, but you know, you could tell they were some of these original work, you know, mock-ups and demos that they were doing and. They didn't really like like alive. They didn't add much to it. it that's the demo. What you hear is what yeah. it was. So they didn't add. But then you get to why go, and it's like you. It's almost like this heavy polish. Like there's the reverb. There's there's that keyboard in there. That's you know that's sort of almost you know right from the '80s. Like that that sort of last gasp of that <laughs> yep. of that sound. Like you know in in in, this, in the early '90s stuff of of, of the, when the stuff started coming out. It still was there, but it uh, it would take a while to start things to start getting warmer and and more beefed well, up. They would, I mean, they, they would immediately start with their next album. They would immediately yeah. kind of like just 
started t- kind of turning around. Um, and you said, why go? And then, of course, Black, which is just mm-hmm. like another – it's another home run. It's another home run song. I mean, you know, everything on this – every track on this album is pretty much a classic. But, you know, Black is just another one of um, – you're, 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 you're getting something from this band that is just all these different looks. And, and you're kind of like, okay, yeah, this is something different. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's that's what we're getting. That's what you get when you listen to this. Is yeah, you you put it in the in the grunge box, but then when you listen to it, you're like, no. Yeah, that's where that this is where it starts to kind of separate. I mean, when you have the way the album starts with that little instrumental, and then the first chords make you think grunge because it's very heavy. Yeah. When mm-hmm. once, but then as you get through those first few songs. And then you get into this, you see, you see more. It's this isn't a ballad. This isn't a, you know, a home sweet home from Motley Crue type yeah. of ballad thrown in. This is a this is another like layer of what this band can give you, and I think that's what always, that's what I kind of was tied into is that you're not getting the same thing. You're not getting the you know, the you know, you have your rock song, you have your ballad, all the stuff that the 80s pop bands kind of were doing and you weren't you're not getting just one sound from them you're getting a lot of different emotions kind of brought through mm-hmm. just from how they're presenting it well said i like the layer i like the saying that there's you get another layer to it which is and i just have, absolutely they they <clears throat> they tend to start off and it just the songs just build into this yeah. big crescendo i love i love any kind of music that does that any band that that does that starts off Zeppelin used to do that. You just, you know, like a just a guitar riff, and then it, you know, the drums and the basic kick, and then by the end of it, it's like it's something completely different. And there's a lot of that on this record, and, that, yeah. and I love the, you know, the grooves that kick in, and it just, yeah. And that's why to me, it reminds me very, uh, not necessarily sounds like Led Zeppelin, but it's just that in that form, it, those 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 yeah. arrangements, yeah. you know, and the way they carry through. Yeah, <clears throat> Gary, you're gonna say oh. something else. Did you guys have a preference like i've listened to the the remix uh-huh. and i actually i it's probably more of the emotional attachment to this was back you know this, the original one i like this more even though i know they don't yeah. like do you guys have any that like, you carry the way or um, like, i i i full this i've never listened to the remix i i, I haven't you know so i listened I only to it listen like to once, the original version and so. it, you, know. you, you probably need to give it a few listens to, you know, to get your, because it does sound different. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, Jer- and, and, and Jerry's Jer- Jerry saying it right there is enough that, well, I like the old, like the older sound because, because it has been redone, you know, they didn't like make it a disco album. They just kind of, they kind of re, yeah. re rearranged some of the, you know, where the guitars come in. Some of the riffs are come up yeah. a little, are a little more forward in the mix. So you can kind of really hear the, hear what the guitar work is going on. Uh, there's some extra Eddie, you know, there's some extra kind of stuff from Eddie Vedder, some, you know, there'll be an extra line or extra word or two that's kind of brought up. Um, it, it's a, it's a good listen. Uh, if you're interested in the album, like you could listen to, I could listen to either one. I, I like either one, you know, the, the, the newer mix is kind of like, Oh, this is kind of listening to it in, you know, in a different way. Probably because of, of maybe our age at the time, I, I, I probably side with Jerry on that yeah. where mm-hmm. like, I, I do prefer the original and to what Jerry was saying before is, so Pearl Jam, they have they have different gears. You're not just 
staying in one gear the whole time. Like they prove that, you know, you said layering and stuff, but they can, yeah. they, they can, I mean, like look at release. I mean, that's a completely oh, yeah. different. It's one of the best, best songs on the album. So, it's like yeah, I love top, that song. One of my I top love songs. And it's so ever. like just haunting and just kind of. Yes. Yeah, when he's, he's, when he's like, yeah. when he's talking to like his a, father. It's always like, like a Gregorian chant. I mean, it's got, it sounds like so many different things. Oh, it just sounds, yeah. it's, it almost feels like you're eavesdropping on, on, on him in that song. Like, it just seems so yeah. personal. It's, and it's just the way he sings it and his voice. But you take that and you put it side by side with, you know, even flow. And you're like, okay, whoa, we, there's, there's, there's gears here. They're, they're yeah. not, I mean. Mm-hmm. So well, no, you're absolutely right. You know, well, the, oceans yeah. too. Oceans is a I I love oceans because it's so different. And the fact that you know they're yeah. using these like real other types of percussive instruments in it. He had I think he used a, a pepper grind and a and a you know because they couldn't find like the, I guess he was looking for the sort of the mallet thing. Mm-hmm. And the, the nearest like music store was like miles away, and and they, so he just used whatever was in the studio to get a different sound instead of just using drumsticks, you know, he, so they got that heavy percussive with a, with an, with a fire extinguisher and a pepper grind. <laughs> so that yeah. those do, you know, but it had that, that's more, more primal uh, effect. And I love, I love, I think that, I think that's the closest, like that. Zepp- that, that's the closest to a Zeppelin song. Exactly. I think, yeah. Yes. You know, it has, it, those it, weird, it has weird yeah. guitar riffs in it. Like, page would go slightly off you know yeah, off key. And, the, and, the, and the bottom big yeah. drums in it, it yep. it's got it's got it, it it's it's there yeah um so so you guys you guys are talking about the the the, the musical composition but oceans is an ode to surfing the, the lyrics right. anyway mm-hmm. I mean, so. yeah and 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 speaking of, of of lyrics that's one of the amazing things about pearl jam is that you know this band was basically formed and then this outsider guy comes this lead lead singer and basically co you know, I don't want to say co-ops the band in a bad way immediately become like all the lyrics are written by him. Like he immediately becomes like the, the guy that is putting all the words to them, to their music, you know, mm. um, which, which I thought was very interesting because usually when there's, you know, uh, when people form a band, they want to have, some, they don't really give up that control so easily. Yeah. In the beginning, I, I don't. Uh, you, you or Eric may know this. Oh, Jerry, you too. You're kind of smart. Um, <laughs> kind of smart, but I'm he's in the hole. Didn't um, <laughs> I, I mean later on in the other albums? Maybe it changed. Um, but in the beginning, wasn't everything like their all of their names were on written by like if if they wrote the music, it didn't it didn't differentiate who wrote the music and who wrote the lyrics. Mm-hmm. It was written by. So you didn't know well, it was just according to Wikipedia, all lyrics are written by Eddie Vedder and then the music they, they have credited to if Stone Gossard wrote a song, oh, if Jeff yes. Amen wrote wrote a song, you know. Well I know Gossard Jeff Amen together. Wrote like so so they have it they do have it broken down on, on Wikipedia. So that's what I'm uh, Well, I mean if it's Wikipedia, just if it's not Wikipedia it must be true. I mean you can't just yeah, write Wikipedia. anything in Wikipedia. But I'm I'm going to the, break you, out can't, you can't just write anything on Wikipedia. Hold on. <laughs> Shit. Oh no, it does. It says all lyrics by Eddie Vedder. Yeah. 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 So he pretty much kind of just swooped in and just kind of like put his, you know, like Pearl, you know, like you, Christy, like you had said, the, the, the group was changed forever by, by, by the existence of Eddie Vedder and him coming up from, from San Francisco, or San Diego, San Diego, wherever he was mm-hmm. 
uh, and just having all this, you know, just kind of going in and, and assimilating with these other guys from Seattle that he was not a part of, not friendly with, did not know, was not part of that scene, right? From the surfing, he was a surfer guy and he was in a couple of bands, but he just comes up there and and, and the, the the collision of him with with these guys that were were in in a, a, a very uh, vibrant music scene, right? With with Chris Cornell, there were all these guys were buddies, um, and they just welcome him with open arms, and he flourishes, right? He just kind of yeah. he kind of takes he kind of takes the baton and 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 literally runs with it and becomes like one of the premier lyricists in rock and roll because it because from here they didn't they didn't look back. Mm. Uh, from my generation, uh, he's definitely well, he's, one of he's, the. It's my age, so it's my generation. Okay, well, yeah, but you weren't cool enough to so, listen. Yeah, to let's him. just get that. You know, my generation. So, Christy, right. I have a, I have a question. He's my, he's my peer. He's I know Eddie guy. Vedder is. <laughs> I know Eddie Vedder is is your hero, right? I mean, he's no, he, that's he, Foo Fighters, my hero. <laughs> Would you say that Eddie Vedder is Pearl Jam, Christy? Yes, I, I just, I'm just, I'm, you know, just judging from what well, well, I, you know, we've conversations that we've had about. Well, let me clarify that before she asks, Eric. Okay. Are you saying? Are you saying? If Eddie, are you saying? If, before you answer, are you saying if Eddie Vedder left Pearl Jam, would they go on without him, or is that what you mean? Or how, how do you yeah, mean that? I, I, um, when you think Pearl Jam, do you? I mean, is are the contributions of the, you know, the music aspect of it is as, as important to you as Vetter because you, you know, seem to you'd be seen to be more keen on the, the lyrics and the writing and the way he writes. And it is probably you know. Im- impossible for one to exist without the other. But from my, from my point of view, I don't think Pearl Jam is Pearl Jam without Eddie Vedder. Mm-hmm. So Can if, you listen if he, to Eddie if Vedder's he, solo stuff, I love Eddie Vedder's solo stuff. So if so he can Pearl exist. Jam though, but it's not the same as no. Pearl Jam. That's Eddie Vedder. But I, because I because I think he is an amazing lyricist, and I I I can relate to a lot of the things that he writes about, or I can feel for a lot of things he writes about. He speaks to me. But to Eric's point, yeah, I don't I don't think if Eddie Vedder came on the scene, I don't know if someone else could have taken what became Pearl Jam. Yeah, because it was because it was Mookie Blaylock. Um, Mookie because, Blaylock, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and I only know who Mookie Blaylock is because of Pearl Jam. Uh, right, but yeah. I don't, I don't know. Well, pe- if... people from Eddie Vedder's generation know who Mookie Blaylock already was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, nobody likes him. <laughs> wow, <laughs> and that ends the fifteenth round. It's it's sad. No, no, no friends. Um, he, uh, I don't think they exist with, without him. So yeah, I guess that's, I, I, yeah, that's what I'm asking. But I don't think he would have but, existed but without music, them also, though. I, I think it's true. symbiotic in the beginning. Well, because yeah, that's why well, Gossard and, and Ament. It's hard to have one without the other. Yeah. Well, really Gossard is. and Ament, they came from, you know, the, the other band. And, you know, they, they already had some of these songs worked up. But I think they would have separated. I think they would have eventually, had Eddie Vedder not come along, uh, Gossard may have gone here. They might they might have had good careers, but maybe not together. But playing in other bands, right. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. think they all would have flourished in some way, mm-hmm. but Pearl Jam probably would not exist or whatever the name would have been of that yeah. particular isn't that, band. Isn't that typical of most bands? 
I mean, if you like Guns N' Roses, I don't think is the same when wasn't it only Axl Rose could be Guns N' Roses? Uh, it well, wasn't Axl the Rose same. Was fucking crazy. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. It's, it's yeah. a, it becomes just a name. Yeah. yeah. Like you know, I'm wearing the shirt. I was going to say Van Halen. Eddie, if, if you know Eddie Van Halen's gone. That's a huge, like, even though his son still plays and it's not the same. No, it's not. It'll never be Van Halen. To go back to one of my other favorites, Iron Maiden, when Bruce Dickinson (laughs) left, they struggled. Like, they they tried. Even when one of the guitarists left, they tried. And now that they came back and now they have three three guitarists because their songs have to be 20 minutes long. It's it's different. Everybody needs a break. Yeah. <laughs> that's why there's three like, guitars one, yeah. they can only play for so long then the other one has to take over is that because yeah. they're your contemporaries Dean no they're older <laughs> no they're they're not as good they're they're way older good try though <laughs> but what about afraid. Chicago Chicago went through a multiple uh, multiple different you know singers but but I think what we're talking about is in the it, it, unless I'm misunderstanding Eric if if Eddie Vedder and 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 the remaining members of Mother Love Bone did not meet at the mm-hmm. time they met. Would Pearl Jam is 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 Eddie Vedder th- mostly responsible for the success of Pearl Jam? Would you be listening right. to whoever Eddie Vedder's band is, or would you be listening if, if Eddie Ve- if the lyrics were the same as they? Jerry offer- makes a good point there too. Yeah. Yes, I would. would it be the same? Okay. So I would Eddie- because okay. because for me, probably to Eric's point, pro- it probably is more Eddie Vedder than anything for me. All right. Okay. There you go. I, there you go. I live in I live and die better. <laughs> wow. Well, great. Yeah. See, that's you know, it's it's part. You know, a lot of look at Fleetwood Mac. I mean, what's Fleetwood Mac without Stevie and Lindsay, and they carry the band? But it's Fleetwood Mac. It's John McVie and Mick Fleetwood. It's their band, but are they? They're obviously not the principal songwriters. They're not. Yeah, but yet they've point. carried this band through. And they've gone through different iterations, but nothing, nowhere near. I think it's hard, it's hard to say this now Matt. also because nothing has changed about Pearl Jam. Yeah. You know, they've never, outside of, of once they once they got Matt Cameron on drums, which I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to say it, but I don't mean it this way, to a, as a lesser member, meaning he wasn't one of the core, mm-hmm. um, you know, doesn't, you know, doesn't outwardly affect the band in that way. Yeah. Um, I don't, and I don't mean it. If anything gets Matt Cameron, if, he's Matt, if you're listening, I don't mean it that way. Where's that Greta Thunberg? But, but what, meaning that they, they didn't have any turmoil and, and didn't go through any other changes. Kind of like R.E.M. It's always been like R.E.M. was always R.E.M. Was yeah, I was just going to bring until, them up. Until, yep. until, until, Actually, until Bill Berry retired, he retired. Yeah. But they would know, you know, just like you two, like you can't say, oh, would you two be different now if Bono wasn't in it? We're, you can't say because Bono has been in it for 50 years. Mm-hmm. You know, so so it's it's a hard it's a hard question to ask because um, yeah, you, you say, Oh, well, well, Bono is so great now and, and he would be great on his own. He might not have been hot shit back then. No, he might, he was just a kid mm-hmm. and might not have known how, how to, how to even, even though, uh, you know, Eddie Vedder had all these lyrics and stuff. If he's not with the right group of people that can, that can kind of get behind it and, and enhance it and, and right. work with the material, <clears throat> Um, they're, they're just words, right? I'm sure there are plenty of great lyrics that are out that's there right. that, that, are, that are sunk by horrible arrangements and horrible music. Yeah, I think it's symbiotic. I think that's, that, you know, yeah, that's what I point. That's what you know, I, ha- that's having program behind him allowed allows yeah. Eddie Vedder to do his best work because he knows you know they're, they're all on board. You know, they're all it's it is like the Five Musketeers. They are all for each other. 
So I think that that work environment allows him to do his best and also know that that these guys have his back and, and that allows him the freedom, right? He's not constricted as opposed to if, if he was in a, a different band dynamic with a guitar, with a lead guitarist was like, this is my band. We're going to do it this way. This is the arrangement. He, he, you know, he might be, he might be stunted in, in a different band, you know, so yeah. it's, well, it's hard that's to why say, I said you know, you it's, can't it's, have it's one, you say. probably can't have one without the other. You really yeah. can't have, 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 um, <coughs> the four guys without him. It just doesn't exist. Yeah. But there was a, there was a point of, uh, where they weren't like, I think it was Vitology that they were saying that's the album that almost broke them up because that's when Eddie Vedder was like all about, you know, you know, serving, you know, like really, uh, you know, uh, helping the fans and, and that That's kind of thing. That's when they went to war with Ticketmaster. And the band was just kind of like, well, can't we just play? You know, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. They should, let's just make music. And he's just all getting all political and stuff. I mean, that's... that. I, 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 I like that album. Of, it might be one of few. No, Vitality is no, a great I album. I love that album. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a great album. It's just, you know... I know. Again, it was, yeah. it was, yeah. And again, it was, it was also them getting comfortable with themselves and getting used to that dynamic as well. So... um all right. I don't know how much we actually talked about 10. We talked a lot about Pearl Jam. <laughs> Maybe 10 minutes of this was about 10. All right. Well, here's another one. Here's another question. Is this right. album the best album? Where does this rank in the... What, uh, we lost we just Sherry. Lost Sherry. Right, there we go. Well, he'll be back. <laughs> so, Christy, where does this, where does this rank? In... It's lights out for there Jerry. He no, he's back. A... he's back. He's back. He's back. Shut the down warden, my wife. The warden came. <laughs> Jerry, you got, you got to. You somebody, know, somebody got it on the third floor. The, the lights went out. Jerry, computers, <laughs> computers need to be plugged in. Jerry, it is. The, the sister came knocking. <laughs> you had to put the lights out. I must have used up my time allotted with my uh, Wi-Fi. Okay. My prisoner time allotted. Um. <laughs> so is is this their best album? Can... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably. I mean, really, a lot of it also throughout everything they've done and all the changes they've gone through. Do you think you know, this was Bert, they? I, they I, didn't I, get. They weren't better than this album. Well, I, I don't, I don't like, I don't like, I don't want to use the word better because versus is great, uh, vitality is great. Um, I would say their later stuff. I, I wasn't a huge like, like, the, like in the two thousands and stuff. Although. Mm-hmm. Um, what the hell was the name? Uh, Backspacer. Uh, mm. I was a big fan of Backspacer. Backspacer came at a, at a. Uh, there's a lot of songs on there that uh, I, I came out probably around 2010, and a lot of things happened in 2010. Um, you know, two two major deaths in, in in my life, and there was a lot of songs on there that I. I yeah. Like I felt like they were back, like to 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 me, um, and and they also. And we we talked about this on, on the on the uh, I think the top five is they you grow with them like the the angst that they had in ten or verses mm-hmm. you start to dissipate as they start to get older and you know moods change and stuff but um yeah I just think that uh, maybe it might be more sentimental to me yeah which is why it's my favorite not because it's mm-hmm. they were never better than it it's just mm-hmm. it's so sentimental. Um, I think is, is better was I never think. better. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I, I, I think, right I think better head. is, is even to this well, day is just, uh, yo, but that's, that's holds, the thing with a band song. that you, that you stick with, you know, music sent tends, you know, tends to yeah, be, you grow with them. 
you grow with them and you, and wow. you know, real fans just stick with it. And, you know, they just, they deal with all the ups and downs, the albums that weren't that great. And, you know, and that's, yeah. I don't know. It's always, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm ride or die village thing. people still waiting for that comeback. <laughs> <laughs> still waiting. No, yeah, not. no. All right. Let, let, let's shoot around. I, I, I don't think this will be earth shattering, but let's go around with, with two, two favorite songs each. Jerry, uh, what do you got? release if you're, if you're gonna say to some, somebody's mm-hmm. like oh pearl jam 10 ah, that's grunge well listen to these two songs and let me know how you feel for release is one of my top songs of uh-huh. all time like we were saying before i'm not sure why just the way he sings it the lyrics uh-huh. the, the the instruments behind it just they kind of transport you in a weird way like i'm, I'm not sure what emotions i'm sometimes feeling but uh-huh. It's just, it just kind of gets to me. And then if I picked another, I would probably go with why go because the story it tells of a poor girl thrown in a, in an asylum. And just Mm -hmm. to think of how alone someone could feel like you can tell, like she's trying to fight this. And at the end, she's like, should I just not be different? Should I just give in? And it kind of gives you a different, like it's a, <laughs> maybe I'm just scared to be put in an asylum. I don't know, well, but well, something well. really talks to me. <laughs> like, hey, that's a, that's a, because that's a, a valid, I mean, valid fear. It, it brings up the, the, the ideas of like the old thoughts of asylum where yeah. Yeah. they just took, if you're crazy, you're locked in with all yeah, the they crazy. Yeah, they just drew away the key. There's no helping. Kind of like where you are now. Whatever happened, that's what's going on. Yeah. And it just That just kind of. I, that song is all as much as I, I love the the sound to it, but the the lyrics have always kind of screwed with my head. Huh. So those would be my two. Release right. and why go? Cool, Christy. You can't pick um, my two. Well, is it, no, it's really <clears> hard <throat> because <laughs> because I I, I I said before you how much I loved release, so I feel you can, like you can like it too. It's all he right. Told me, he told me I couldn't. Well, it's not, when he has his when he has his own show. Yeah, when you're in your you own go. home. When he does it. <laughs> yeah. When you get out of solitary confinement, Jerry, then you speak um, your mind. I've been carving I, on the walls I, I, I would, I, as... Jerry was here. Again, there's not a bad song on this album. That being said, release, what, what are you going to play for somebody re- to release, give them a thing? Release, because like I said before, I, I think it's it's a very intimate song. I, I, I think it's it just... The, the the music, the lyrics, the way he sings it, uh, it's deeply personal to him. I don't think he's ever, like, he's ever really committed fully the lyrics onto paper. Um, I even, even I just looked because I, I had read that today. Even in, in here, like, release, that's what, it just says release. Like, there's no lyrics written uh, here. Mm. Um, because I think it's that personal. He talks to his father in it, um, which is... You know, I, I think, and and that might also be why it, I relate to it so much, mm-hmm. yeah. um, because because of my father's passing. But um, and I I and again in top five, I, Black, I love. It's just it's such a great love song. It really is. It's it's just this tortured like love song. It's and it just really it hits me every time I hear it. So those would be right. the two I would like, offer this out. Eric, what you got? <laughs> Give me all you got. Give me all you got. Um, well, you know me. I'm, I'm I like weird shit. So uh, 
the fact that Oceans is was a was a single blows oh. my mind. You know, so <laughs> if I had to pick like a single or mm-hmm. a hit, a hit, I'm going to pick Oceans, and then I'm going to pick Porch, just for Jeff immense bass in that song. That when that bass kicks in, man. Holy shit. That is that uh, is just I love the energy. I love the just from a purely instrumental aspect to to the song. I just I just love it. And it's just an odd odd song for Vetter for Vetter too. The lyrics are a little little wild and uh, he's talking about, you know, sitting on a porch and it's like meanwhile it's like it's like this thing's going on. I just love it. And it's just I love I love, you know, there's always a great deep cut. And this is one of the best deep cuts on this record, I think. You know, so that, that that would be my two. But, but uh, alive is, of course, yeah. Probably, yeah, there's a lot. To, there's know. a lot. There's so much to chew on. You know? I, I yeah. would, I would go with probably Jeremy and Black, only because I think I heard Jeremy for. I think Jeremy was the yeah. first exposure. It was something so different. I'm like, what? Like, this is just so. The lyrical content was something so different. The sound was so different. And like Christy said, Black is just this haunting song. I'm going to throw in a, a third because hey. I'm the host. Um, <laughs> what? What is this, Little Rascals? Hey. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Don't eat the porridge. Why? It's spoiled. It's spoiled. <laughs> uh, I'm throwing in – it was recorded at the same time but never but never released at the same time. It was, it was the flip side to a CD single that I had, which is Yellow Lead Better which is one of their best songs that they ever did. Mm. Um, an incredible song. Again, my ringtone hard, hard to, hard to understand the lyrics, but once you read the lyrics and you understand what it's about, uh, it's a powerful song. Eddie Vedder changes the lyrics from time to time to reflect uh, whatever war the United States happens to be in at the time. Mm. Um, but, but that song at, on its own, I remember I, I bought the CD single for Jeremy because it was in tower or one of those things. And I heard this, other, this song, yellow lead better. And I'm like, like that to me illustrates the versatility of Pearl jam is that they can do something like that type of a song. Um, that is just, I think you know, footsteps falls to that as well. I, I kind of put footsteps and yellow lead better together. Um, in that, in that yeah, regard, it's just, it's just a song that just kind of, it's just it, it. It sounds like a band that had, like Yellow Lead Better sounds like a band that was already around for ten years. Mm-hmm. Like it just sounds that cohesive and just that like it just sounds like a like a, a pro band. You can't play that. You can't play that. You can't play oh, come that. Come on. Sorry. You want to get us copyright struck? <laughs> yes. If we could play music, don't you think I'd be playing music on every Stricken. episode? <laughs> it's from my phone. Wow. My phone rang. Wow. It's just flouting the rules. Doesn't care if the government's going to drop the hammer on my head. Uh. <laughs> wow, that got, that got so intense dramatic. right there. Me and, me oh. and Jerry are just kind of like, oh, hey, man. <laughs> so dramatic. I feel anyway. very uncomfortable right now. <laughs> I think that's, so I that's going to do it. I mean, I, I think we've kind of made the case that this is, <clears throat> while it will always forever be labeled a grunge album, uh, it, it's something more than that. Uh, I think it transcends that. It definitely tra- it doesn't transcend all labels. It's not like mm-hmm. you know this thing. It transcends that label though, because mm-hmm. it is it is definitely you know uh, guilt by association is what we can call it. You know they were they were in with those groups. They all got pulled over at the same time. The cops said you guys are all grunge. You know, and Pearl Jam happened to be in the same car with it with those other bands. You know, like I think that's really what it is. But they established um, something. 
Yeah, and, and they and exactly, this, and they yeah. showed exactly with their longevity. They showed that that's not what they are. They showed that they are a, a, a classic rock band in in all of whatever that means. Absolutely, yeah. right. Whatever whatever yep. that means, that that's what Pearl Jam through their longevity, through their stability, right through through their uh, lack of or or yeah you know, lack of uh, drama and controversy in a bad way. Mm-hmm. I don't mean the Ticketmaster thing, but. Uh, in these these other things, and then again with their activism and with their social consciousness of Eddie Vedder and, and just wanting to uh, make things better, you know that that kind of puts you into that pantheon and, and it kind of elevates you as well uh, with your peers. And and they have achieved, uh, they have definitely achieved that in their in their long career. And they're still still there, still putting out albums and still selling out. Try and get a Pearl Jam ticket. Good luck. When, Where's yeah. Ticketmaster now when you need them? Right. Yo know, yo, know, I I wish they didn't sell the tickets the way they did because they're freaking expensive right now. Yeah. But, so, but I wish uh, I was a little angry with, but yeah, tickets. this, this is, this is one for the ages. 91 was an interesting and pivotal year in music. Uh, but now you've got Nirvana to check out and then put this one on and, and tell me that they're not diametrically op- opposite to each other, but they were in quote unquote the same genre. So uh, let us know how you feel about that. You can hit us up on social media at 3324 podcast. That'll work on uh, Instagram and the old Facebook, if you go on there, we're, we're there lurking and hanging out. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube and you've made it this long, well, guess what? You beat the algorithm because it's usually 10 minutes and you're out. So go ahead and hit the subscribe button if you would and like it and leave a, a comment. That would be awesome as well. And that's going to do it for this episode. So for Jerry, who's getting out of solitary very soon, yes. for Christy and for Eric, this is Dean asking you to please be kind. And rewind? No, that's what we say in our movie ones. We say we'll see you on the flip side for our music ones. That's right. Later. You've been listening to the 3324 Podcast with Dean Legiro and Eric Cooper. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider. So please like, subscribe, and rate to become a part of the 3324 family. Your feedback is important, so make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at 3324podcast and on Twitter at 3324p to join the conversation. 